am Nels Anderson. And I'm Jesse Turner. And welcome to Terminal 7. <laughs> Episode 23. We are here! The 23rd one. We're finally back after Christmas. It's, it's 2015. It's so futuristic right now. That... Uh, there's some stupid Back to the Future 2 joke that's supposed to go here or something. I think so. I don't know. Shark still looks fake? I don't know. Yeah, that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, But we're back. Yep. We we had kind of... We, we talked about this uh, a little bit, obviously, off, amongst amongst ourselves, um, that we kind of want to keep doing casts even if there isn't necessarily, like, new game content to do. Yeah. And we've kind of done that a bit in the past, but it was always very, you know, ad hoc. So we kind of want to be a little bit more regimented about just, like, always keeping something on the burner. Not, not It's like, we will do a cast when we think we have something interesting to talk about, not necessarily just when there is new cards to do. Yeah, because... I mean, obviously, we'll do those... Sure. Regardless. Yeah. But we we just like casting so much. That's true. That uh we we want to do it more often. Yep. That's right. They so so what else are we going to talk about today? No. So, we thought it would be interesting to not necessarily for the next 3 episodes. Um but just for 3 episodes that will be coming in the relatively nearish future. Yep. To both for the benefit of people who perhaps haven't played the game a ton or like haven't ha- have played like amongst their friends or with just like a couple people at, at school or at work or whatever but haven't necessarily been in like the played in a lot of like tournaments or octagon like big online kind of plugging into the the greater consciousness um though it may be useful for those type of folks or just people who have been playing for a while but might want to go back and re-examine some stuff they thought they were familiar with and under, uninterested in or whatever. Right. So with that <laughs> excessively long prelude... Um, I wasn't asked for your life story now. Yeah, that was not... A, that was that was putting the cart before the horse. <laughs> we're so far away from what we were talking about now, no one's going to know, but I'm just going to keep going. Okay, okay. Um, what we're going to be talking about <laughs> in, for a, in three episodes coming in the nearest future that may be interleaved with other episodes is what are some major big deck archetypes right for the ver- both the the corporate and runner factions yeah and just because there's so much to talk about yeah we figure a, a good way to split it up and then if this seems crazy we will adjust it in the future but to talk about two corporate factions and then what their major archetypes are on this cast at some point in the future talk about the other two corporations yep. and their major archetypes and then do one that's about like the three big the, all the all the archetypes all the major archetypes inside the big inside the, all three of the runner factions. Right, yeah. So 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 we're we're putting on our business suit today. And who, That's right. who are we gonna cover today? Today we are talking about the oh, what does NBN stand for again? Is it the news broadcast network? I I think. I think so. There I, is something in the course set where it says it changed like four times. Oh. And maybe it's the sort of thing where kind of like KFC it doesn't technically stand for anything anymore. Right, yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, okay, yeah, for sure, for sure. But I think probably News Broadcast News Broadcast Network. Yeah. And e- also Evil Fox, Evil like it's right, very, evil very Fox, cool stuff. Which is really saying something. Um, <laughs> uh, and Hospiroid. Right. Yeah, that's what we're gonna cover today. Yep. And we're gonna um what 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 I hope I what I what I hope we get out of here is if people aren't familiar with these archetypes, if they will give it a shot. Because I know in in net in like Netrunner, a lot of the times I won't try something, which is very dumb. Because sometimes you'll you'll totally love the the idea. But yeah. For the longest time, I didn't know what corp to play or what runner to play because I didn't know what my style of play was. Right. And so it really helps to to just sometimes just dive into a to an a, an established uh t- like type 
in a faction. Right. And just feel around and see if that's really your style. Yeah. So, let's start with HB. Yeah, let's start with HB. So, I guess before we get into the specific archetypes, like, what is, for you, what, like, in, in your opinion, what is the stuff that's, like, really defined for HB and, like, what are their big strengths as a faction? I, I think HBs, their subroutines are gnarly and awesome, but they're... They tend to be quite plentiful as well. Yeah, yeah. Multiple subs, their ice is, like, beefy and scary and awesome with the big drawback of... Everyone can just click through it to yeah, break it. All the bioroid type ice. Yeah, and and I say big drawback, but I know hey, that's still like time. That's still space created, yeah. space created. Like I still get how that is, but for me, HB has been big, powerful stuff. The thing that HB n- normally meant to me, it was never fast advance. It was more like the glacial things, right? Because when you start stacking Ichi ones and Eli's and stuff, it's it's a tough it's a, it's a tough nut to crack. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, the other thing that HB is very good at is they have lots and lots of recursion abilities. Yeah. The the archives are definitely their friend. Yes. <laughs> and then on top of that, they do have some fast advanced tools. Um, it's often not like, unlike NBN, which we'll get to, uh, HBs tend to be more conditional and sort of a bit more expensive. Right, right, yeah. Um, by like, or, bi- or come with uh, a lot of risk. Sure, and and I so I guess you're referring to something like biotic labor, which is a or, big muscle card. Yeah, or director Haas. Yeah, or even yeah. the Haas Arcology AI. Yeah, and yeah. So like, it feels to me like it, HB's big plays are tough to get off. Haas is you need to protect her. Yeah. Byroid is four or something, right? Four biotic co- labor, yeah. Four. Biotic, bi- yeah, sorry, biotic labor is four. They have uh, an agenda that is a six-two. That, right. <laughs> that if you score it, you get one more click, which is like forever, forever for yeah. like for the whole game is sort of sort of like that turned all the way up to eleven, right? Yeah. Like and it's, wh- it's an incredible fast advance tool, but it's very high risk and it's really hard to pull off. But once you do, you you, you go on for days. Yeah, yeah, and 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 uh, man, what cool flavor! Like, sorry, um, can all employees please report to the eye ganking out station <laughs> so we so we can like cram in robot eyes and yeah. make you better people, yeah. which is like super super dark and yeah. awesome. I never really thought about that. Like, you're like mandatory upgrades. Oh yeah, they're upgrades. You have to get whatever. It's like, oh no, wait, those are upgrades that everyone in the company has to get to make them better at what they do. <laughs> yeah, like can you imagine like what what like the lame one the janitor gets like ah uh, like, you know, broom hands or something <laughs> broom hands. Or, or something uh-huh. as, as surreal as that <laughs> broom no 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 I like broom hands we'll go with broom hands <laughs> oh, the guy in the mechanic oh what he's got oh like they they quadrupled the the density of like the the folds in his brain so it's like oh cool what'd you get I got broom hands. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Well, so we got we got high risk. We got high high yeah. high reward in in a lot of cases. Um, <coughs> a lot of their uh, upgrades and stuff, like like arcology and stuff like that, are are they need to be established. They need to be out for a while, and you need yeah. to power them up. Yeah. Um, which is super tough in netrunner because runners are runners run and runners get into stuff. Yeah. So what's what's like what's an HB to do to protect all these like big, strong assets. Right. Well, I guess, I mean, there's kind of, so yeah, with that at the very high level view of that, I guess kind of the fundamental, like, archetype distinction, well, I mean, setting aside, there's kind of, there's there's a a whole other bucket that are dependent on one very strange ID, which we'll get to. Yeah. But leaving that aside, leaving (laughs) the ones that are heavily dependent upon the ID you choose, basically the the big decision you've got to make is 
Fast Advance or Glacier. Right. Glacier being, if people aren't familiar with the parlance, like, oh, you're putting lots and lots of ice, and yep. you put a lot of ice together, what do you get? Oh, you get a glacier. It's, yeah, it's great. That's terminology I actually like. Yeah, it is. I don't know if that's a thing from this version of the game, or if that actually is, old is like, carryover from the 90s. Good. It, 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 it very well could be. Yeah. May, if anyone knows, please, please. Yeah, yeah. Because that's, like, some of the... Broadly, as as a brief aside, broadly, I think in general, like the names that decks often, like prominent decks, often get, I'm, I find them either, uh, at, often they're at best uncreative, <laughs> and uh, and often they're either obtuse or just kind of weird and dumb. Um, there there is a dearth, in my opinion, of like strong evocative names as far as like deck naming is concerned okay. um, but a lot of the game terminology itself like the you know the the jargon i actually quite like yeah definitely. glacier especially but yeah. yes that is kind of the high level distinction it's like is this going to be fast advance or is it going to be glacier right that's and that's and that's uh and so so have you have you experienced have you played both uh i i don't know if i've ever like i, I mean i'm probably on a lark but i don't know if i've ever spent a lot of time Playing an HB fast advanced deck. Yeah, really. I I kind of actually have to. I'm I'm kind of in the same boat as you. I, yeah. I I didn't like the style of uh, fast advance out of HB. It makes sense. Yeah. and obviously we've seen it crush tourneys and do really well. And people are really really great with those decks. Yeah. Um, Jesse Marshall. Uh, if if folks want to look at kind of like a canonical version of what this looks like about right now, um, Jesse Marshall, who's uh, who's a very good player from Australia. Right. Uh, he he's one of the hosts of the um. Uh, the Winning Agenda. Which oh, right is another on. Cool Netrunner podcast. Very with cool. The deck that he took to Worlds and got into the top 16 or maybe top 8. I forget exactly. Um, he definitely had like an HB fast advance style deck. Queer. Cool. I mean, obviously, you, you pull in some tools from, from NBN, yep. which we'll get to. Obviously, you import like probably two copies of San San City Grid. Yep. And then you're using that in combination with. Obviously, you have biotic labors in faction. You have HB is kind of in. A, you have Vitruvius, like yeah, yeah. So they're in like their fast advance is kind of in a uniquely strong position in that they have they can have six three two three for two agendas. Yeah. You can have three uh, accelerated beta tests and three Project Vitruvius's Vitruvii hmm. projects Vitruvius. <laughs> hey, nice. <laughs> um, uh, and so that I mean that alone is enough to like you score out four of those game over yeah and that's why uh, newer players can kind of see that mo everything that comes out now is probably a four two or yes. or a three one or something or a three strange. two that you can only have one copy of in your entire deck like exactly yeah entanglement yeah yeah exactly um but yeah so that i think that is so the t the, the big things that enable hb fast advance are those ha being able to have six copies of three for two agendas which is a big deal yep um they their eyes can be very taxing which means if you put, like you said, just like an Ichi one in front of a Eli and then Science Hand City Grid behind it, that's only, what is Ichi one? Five credits? That's like eight credits total to yep. protect that Sansan. And but for the runner to get through that is crazy. It's unbelievable. Because yeah. when you start stacking these, like Byroids, yes, you can click to get through. But when you start stacking Byroids, the runner doesn't have enough clicks to break through it. Yeah. I guess you could say E3 implants, which is a pretty rarely seen card. Mm -hmm. ruins HB's day, but it yeah. just doesn't see a lot of play. It does not see a lot of play. Because basically, with, if, any, if no one's familiar with it, E3, E3 implants from Criminal is a two-cost hardware yep. where when you click, when, sorry, when anything 
is broken, when a subroutine is broken, you can pay one to break another one. Right. So basically, you can click once for the Ichi one and yep. spend three and just get through. Click yeah. once for the Eli, spend one, and you're through an Eli for a click and a buck. Yeah, which is which is pretty good. I mean, but so the the frustrating thing about the that fast event setup is you get through that like double bioroid gross server, you get all the way down to the root of it, thinking it's an agenda, and it's just a Sand Sand City grid, and it like. Okay, well, if you, if you happen to be lucky enough to have five credits left, yep. you can spend it to trash that thing. Or if you leave it, well, then you're just going to have to pay to get back in there later. And they're yep. just not going to pay to res. They're not going to pay the big, heavy six res cost until they're ready to start scoring. Yep. And then they probably have one or two agendas, so they can just go. And then before you know it, they're at, like, six points, and you have, like, one breaker and three credits, and you're just like, oh, crap, yeah, what do right. I do? Also, they have a, a super fierce, which is splashed everywhere, but Ash, whatever number uh, series. Yes. The Ash, uh, basically... Upgrade. Get, uh, yeah, sorry, it's the, the upgrade. Basically, you end, you end up getting through there finally, and they end up blowing you out of the water with this massive trace, and the only card you can affect is their upgrade. So you, yeah. you still can't get in the server. So yeah. typically, fast advanced guys are only building one server. Yes. It's a very, very um, vertical-style deck. Yeah. Often, you will put, like, a strong econ asset, like, say, an Adonis campaign, yep. into that one remote as you're starting to build it out, and then... If you're scoring out of hand, either with biotic labors, or you're just amassing credits, and then as soon as you've got enough money and a sand sand, you toss it into that remote. Yep. Turn it on, and then just start scoring. Because the other thing that HB has is the green level clearance and blue level clearance operations, yeah. which give you both money and card draw. So the 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 spot where where uh, fast advance like can be a little bit vulnerable, or rather, when the runner needs to act very quickly, is they like. Res a Sand Sand City Grid, score out uh, three for two, but maybe they don't have another one yet, right? Right. So they're going to have to be drawing with Jackson Howard. Yeah, they or, need to get through their deck. They need to Yeah, they need to find another agenda so they can drop it on that Sand Sand and score it before you can get in and shut that Sand Sand down or whatever. So having being able to get money and card draw at the same time... It's huge. It's huge, because even if, like, okay, you draw and you get your agenda, but before you can actually use the, the Sand Sand City Grid again, the runner goes in and trashes it. Okay, well, now you got you just picked up a bunch of money. You're probably sitting on a biotic labor, so you're just going to do that next turn instead. Yep. Um, I, I, think, I think that's actually worth, worth mentioning uh, with the Adonis campaign. Like, <coughs> HB actually has the, like, fiercest clickless econ. Yeah. Out of uh, any faction. Oh, yeah. Like, um, I, I, I remember for a while there when I was playing... Uh, as a, as a little bit of an aside, as I was playing Operation Wayland, mm. just that's where the econ comes from. Right. And it's all bursty, and it's and for a while there, I didn't I didn't want any um, asset e- economy, which is like Adonis and Eve campaign. Yeah. Then I just switch on a lark. I'm just like, you know what? I'm I'm totally replacing this. I don't want any. I don't want the the clearances. I just want Adonis's and Eves, and getting that much money without clicking your clicks, like it just opens you up so much more. Yeah. So. Eight, like like you're saying, HP HP can start with an Adonis campaign, and if that goes through, they've gained what twelve? Well, I don't know what the net is. Uh, eight. The net is eight yeah. without clicking, without yeah. those, those with clicks installing are... it once, and that's it. Yeah. And often, um, I think probably almost universally, HP Fast Advance is played with the core HP agenda, engineering the future, which gets you one credit every time you install a card. Anyway, I do. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So that's you. Oh yeah, sorry. ID not agenda. <laughs> um, that is probably the uh, agenda. Uh, blah, the ID yep. that makes the most sense for HB Fast Advance. It's. I think it's almost like the. 
it's I think that card's almost like the desperado of, yeah. <laughs> of the corporation. It's like a really, really, really powerful ID. Yeah. Um to get to, basically you every turn you can get They're almost that back. guaranteed to gain a credit. <laughs> and that also helps that, that that also ends up helping both archetypes just because your installs are so much cheaper. Yep. If anyone's ever tried to build a really big server, you realize that it costs what a lot of money to make you know, that fourth ice, that fifth ice yeah. on top of a server. It usually never gets that high because you'd be too broke. Well, speaking of fourth and fifth ice, right? Um, the other the other big branch of the of the HB family tree as far as deck archetypes is concerned. And there's a bunch of like smaller subshoots we can talk about. But right. The big one is is Glacier. Yep. Um, that might mean like you can go all the way up to what is called red coats. Um <laughs> Where it's like just made by uh, popularized by I believe Greg Nor I know it's Nordrunner, but Nornberg or I think so something like that something like that. Yeah, but yeah, yes, a, a awesome player, smart, very player. very awesome, good player. Guy. Actually, yeah, um, if, if anyone wants to check out really really great uh, deck discussion and stuff, he 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 has a YouTube channel and it's yep. very very. He goes through the cards, talks about every card that's in there, and it's 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 really really good for for both new and expert players. Yeah, I think. it's awesome. Um, but. So, like, yeah, I guess the most extreme version of HP Glacier is that kind of thing. Yep. Where you're using those big bioroids and upgrades like Ash mm-hmm. to basically build this humongous, super expensive server to get through. And if the runner manages to chew all their way down, yep. like, past two or three or four pieces of ice, then it's just Ash. Mm-hmm. The runner's probably near broke anyway, so the corporation just tosses in, like, Two bucks yep, and into some trace. Uh, the runner, so maybe if they're lucky, they can trash ass, but they're not going to have enough money to go back in again. Yeah. Um, and then you're using it. With that, you're almost always running big, big agendas. Yep. So stuff like, I mean, obviously priority requisition priority, with that yep. is great because you have lots of big guys to begin with. You're also, yeah, because you're throwing in toll booths in that deck yeah. a lot. Like- toll booths, uh, the big bioroids, you know, the Heimdalls mm-hmm. and the, the Ichis and stuff like that. Um, on top of that, you can, there are, you could import some other very strong upgrades from either Jinteki using Caprice Nisei. Yep. Which again, like the, the whole overriding idea of that archetype is you make it so that the runner will basically go broke trying to get into your remote once and won't, and probably will not be able to actually steal your agenda. Yep. And so they won't be able to get in there again and they'll be so behind for the next two, three turns, whatever, that you can you can use that to score again, and then that's it. Game over. Yep. Um, a, so yeah, importing Big Ice like Tollbooth is huge. Um, that's probably most of the most of the ice in there actually does come from HB, though. Yep, yeah. It, I, yeah, I, I'm, um, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure it does. Yeah. Uh. You, and so there... But another one, and I, I don't remember exactly who talked about this, but a great... Uh, potential like upgrade with this that I don't think is seen much play, but is actually super strong when you think about it, is the uh, midway station grid. Okay, that's the NBN upgrade. It probably the reason why it doesn't see a ton of play is because it's for influence, right? But so is Caprice. Yep. Um, and the midway station grid makes it so that every so every time the runner spends a credit to break a subroutine. They right. have to spend an additional credit. Right. That's like so, super taxing. Yeah. You can just you can set up three just three ice that will have like two two and three subroutines and that's extra seven credits again to that server right that's crazy and that's even after using a click to break a sub yeah that's even after doing the cheap the cheap way yeah that's wow. 
Yeah, it's gross. And uh, what's the trash cost on that guy? Um, I think it's like four. So it's still not bad. It's pretty expensive. Cool. Um, yeah, but the idea is you're, you're again you're just building one single remote. You're trying to lock down your centrals by making them relatively expensive. But obviously, most of your focus is on building one big scoring remote. Yeah. Um. You you early on you put some econ one of the one of the campaign assets in there, either an Eve or an Adonis. Um. Probably like ideally, you you can probably put Eve down unprotected. Yep. Because she costs five to freaking trash anyway. Mm -hmm. Adonis is a bit cheaper, so you kind of want to keep him in the scoring remote, and then you just let those things burn down money. Well, you put relatively taxing ice on your centrals, and then as soon as you got something, as soon as one of those campaigns burns down, then you just install advance, advance, and just go. Yeah, start start winning the game. Yep. And it, I, I I do kind of like that type just because it feels like like you're not you're actually playing uh, the corp versus the runner. I, I find like right. <laughs> fa like fast advance. You're kind of like hoping that he doesn't notice you pull out this crazy win from your hand. Yeah. But with 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 um, big ice, big glacier decks, you're you're stopping the runner from from getting in, and you're scoring old school. You yep. know, like <laughs> you actually got to put you got to put you got to put something on the table. Yep. Yeah. That's right. That's right. You can't hold all your 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 your, your plays in your hand. And just like unload one turn, yeah. and in some ghost like 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 a temporary server basically. Right. <laughs> it's like oh, I just scored all this from 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 nowhere. Yeah. This one's like here's my scoring server, come at me. And I yep. think it's a uh, it's a little bit more um classic, I guess. Yeah. And it's it's it it's really fun making those 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 big beefy scary servers. Yeah. Um. The other nice thing that this that was enabled in the most recent uh, data pack cycle is uh, the HB agenda domestic sleepers. Right. Which is technically only worth zero points. Yep. Um, but it's it's two to score, so you can basically just score it out of hand. Yep. And then the big thing, it's only worth, printed on the card is zero points, but when it's scored, it lets the corporation spend three clicks, just once, obviously, Yep. <laughs> to increase the po agenda point value that Domestic Sleepers is worth by one. Right. So basically the idea is like that, if the runner steals that, it's, it's no loss to the corporation. Right. Right, so... If, if I mean, you can obviously score it out of hand, but you can also do a thing where you put it inside that scoring remote as you're still building it up. So if the runner goes for it, okay, well, they're going to spend some resources, like some some clicks or some credits or an inside job or whatever to get that... For a whopping zero. For a worthless agenda. Yep. And then, then you're not out anything. And yep. then if they don't get it, you install you just advance it twice the next turn, toss it over in your scoring area. So then once you score two of your big three-pointers, and you go... Click, 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 you're done. You got one more turn to win. Yep, If you right. don't, I do. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and we're aware that there's stuff like... There's cool stuff like Data Dealer and Frame Job. There's, there is there is things that runners can do with right. useless, quote-unquote... useless agendas. Yeah, um, but but they're not... They don't get played a ton. Not played a lot, but still, it's... it's, it's So so the runner the runner has options there. Um, I, I, I remember when, like, Data Dealer's core set... But oh, like yeah. sacrifice an agenda for nine credits. nine credits, like it's yeah. it's 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 pretty cool. Yeah. Stim hack for a click, like without yep. the brain damage. Yep. Um, and that's that's mostly most of the you know big things are enabled by like your super super intense heavy glacier type deck. Yeah, yeah, and um, and, and, and I I definitely recommend like I think I think it's a pretty f new player friendly 
Yeah. Because HP has powerful cards. Yep. It, they're pretty much, there's not a lot of uh, tricks. Yep. Um, you don't need to sit on cards and wait for the right window. You just build the windows. You, just, you, you build super reinforced windows right. <laughs> while the game's going. Yeah. And I think it's a pretty like new player friendly deck type. Yeah. Plus you got all these big scary biroids. Like it's a, it's, it's a lot of fun to dive into a, yeah. a glacier deck. It is pretty cool. Um, There are some other like slight variants on that as well that are not like as intensely glaciery, right? But still have like a decent amount of value, okay. um, as like a good, interesting deck. So that like both um, next design and the foundry kind of have this like sort of glacier, but sort of rush, not fast advance, but right? Kind of a rush style yeah. that they can use. Yeah. Where and this is this a lot of this is enabled by the next ice where your ice initially is pretty pretty cheap to to res but then as the game goes on it kind of evolves and gets better yeah it's like dynamic ice yeah which is pretty awesome yeah actually i i played a lot of next yes. like and but it's it's uh what was what was your like what was your strategy what was your what was your style when you were going that when way? i was when well initially it was brain damage next mm. um which is a weird archetype and i only i i, I pulled off like Two or three of my most favorite wins ever with right. it, but it wasn't like it was not super strong. Right, but like in faction, uh, HP has access to probably the cheapest brain damage ice. Oh yeah, which is Fenris, which is a yep. uh, it, it's it's illicit, <coughs> so you're gonna get some bad pub, but yeah. it is cheap and it can whack it early with brain damage. Yep, and it, hey, next is kind of lousy with the influence, but if you're blowing if if you blow half of it on a Neil Katana's and half of it on neural EMPs <laughs> runners runners usually aren't expecting to get right neural EMPed out of next <clears throat> so it's it's it but typically the, my fa actually I actually just played Keith at uh Starlet yeah and he was running Nasir and I hate Nasir right uh and I hilariously drew into two neural katanas in my next and I put them both down and his turn he just ran one exploded and he's like I guess I'll run this one and exploded again so he actually just, <laughs> he, he sorry he ran one then then on the next turn he just ran into the other one again he's right. like I guess that's it I guess I'm dead <laughs> I just killed him <laughs> but so so I I, I kind of like how I basically just play that deck for the initial burst and hope right. that that carries me through the game right the other style I do with next is um, just a cheap, crappy ice, but mm -hmm. ways to get them on the table with like stuff like mine layer and right. weirdness like that. Because what ends up happening is uh, the the more you install over your ice, the more expensive it's going to get, of course. And you, yeah. you can't win that race yeah. unless you have some crazy um, uh, fragment or shard. Shard. Unless you have some crazy shard score. Yes. We <laughs> we played last weekend. That's right, we did. Um you were playing your next deck your next deck that has what, like 25, 26 pieces of ice in it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something yeah. like so, that. So it's, yes. it's got a lot. On turn three, you scored uh the Utopia Fragment. No, uh, no, the Yeah, the Utopia Fragment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, the, the one I think it's that one. It's it is it's whatever fragment where the you can install Eden. Eden. There we go. I scored an Eden. Eden super early. Fragment. Yeah. Yes, yes. And oh, we calculated it. Yeah. At the end of the game, that scored agenda had saved you 68 credits <laughs> on ice installs. I think R&D was like five ice deep. Yeah. And I think that scoring remote was six. Yeah, it was. Yeah. None of which were particularly huge. No. It was stuff like. Pups. And here's, a, here's a pup with, is like, oh, it's a sensei, a pup, a, a pop-up window, an Eli, and then like. 
any individual one is fine, but you look at the whole thing, it's like, that's 13 credits to get into R&D. Yeah, the, 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 the typical take three credits and go turned into install over four pieces of ice, yep. take two credits, yep. which is a net gain of something ridiculous. Yeah, nuts. Yeah. Um, so with both Next and the Foundry, Foundry you yeah. can have that kind of setup where it's like you can get your ice out fast, but either by stacking it really deep using like uh, one of the fragments or, or interns or whatever, yeah. or, or the interns... Um, or with, with the foundry, because every time you res a piece of ice, you can fetch another copy of that. That makes all the, the three, the six pieces of next ice, the three bronzes and the three next silvers. It's way easier to get all those on the table much faster. Right. And as soon as like, as soon as you have like four of them resed on the board, like a next bronze instead of a next silver, when there's two cop, when there's four copies of all those things up, oh, yeah. that's a gross server. And that costs you five to res it. Yep, yep. Like it costs, it costs the corp nothing, but it's extremely taxing for the runner as soon as it gets going. Yeah. And, and early on, just a single next bronze can give you the window to score like an early accelerated beta test or something. Yeah. And then right? mid to late game, it's just getting bigger. Yep. Right. And so, so you've, so I've, uh, you've you've played uh, quite a bit of Foundry. I did. I actually re- that's kind of like the 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 first not Jinteki deck that I've played in a while that I really dug. Right. Uh, and it was basically all the entire Grey Life suite. So yep. All nine. Pieces which is of which Grey is Lice. super fun ice to use, yeah. especially in something like the Foundry where you're yep. going to be getting. Yeah. It didn't have Excalibur because Excalibur is not. Su- I think it it's useful in other types of decks, but in Foundry it's not. Yeah. Like, super I don't huge. know what else you'd be doing. You're, um, you're 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 not building multiple servers. Yeah. But it definitely had. It was three Galahads, three Lancelots, three Merlins. Um, and then the other influence was just two copies of the Root. Yep. Which is and, very cool. Right oh out yeah. of Wayland. Big, so saving money on all those installs that you want, yep, right? saving money on the installs, saving monies on resing, like, extra next ice. And a, and scoring agendas. Yeah, the other the, thing is... Talk that, about flexibility. Yeah, so if you get the Root up and you get it protected, the thing it lets you do is it lets you score even if you're basically broke. Yep. yep. Which is like... If you have four credits, like in that deck, I had two copies of Biotic Labor just as like kind of the crap they can get into, they can get into my remotes always, and I just need to score two more points to be done type yep. of thing. So the kind of thing where it's like, if you've got an agenda, a Biotic Labor, and a Res Root, you have four credits, you can score. Yep. Yeah. So like, you can definitely, you the runner will, th- you with like the Root, you can often, it can seem like you're in a much worse position than you are. Yep. Um, and then with things like peak efficiency, which is that uh, the HB operation that costs one credit to use, but you get back one credit for every res piece of ice. Like I've had that thing pay out like seven, eight credits. Yeah, huge, huge. Um, for really not that much money to actually have all that ice resed. Yep. Uh, and the other thing I haven't. Uh, Executive Boot Camp came out after I was playing a lot of that deck, so I haven't used it. Yeah, but, but man, what a cool card for yeah. something like that. So because Executive Executive Bootcamp is a Wayland asset, but it only costs one influence. It's, it's, so it's, it's, it's really one influence, so it's going to be everywhere. Um, and what it lets you do is, at the start of your turn, you can res any card, yep. spending one less credit on its res cost. But with next, that means you can put down a bronze. On the next turn, you could force res it using Executive Bootcamp, which only costs you one credit, get another piece of next ice yep. from your... R&D, install that somewhere else, turn that on, that triggers with Executive Boot Camp again, then all of a sudden you have three, three strength code gates for three credits. Yeah, it's like, it's, it's like, it's, it's kind of like, a, like, I think they've been calling it like Ice Storm. It's like, it's like, yeah. it's like a fast, hard-hitting, 
like a, bu- a bunch of little ice that all of a sudden like it just just takes over. Yeah, and yeah, and it and it's it's like it's like a blast actually playing against your uh, Foundry deck. Just seeing the flexibility it had, and Foundry also does something really important. I think isn't worth mentioning is accelerated beta test is like my favorite card to fire. Yes, and it's boned me so many times, yep. and I still love it. <laughs> I, I still come crawling back to this card that yep. I'll like whiff. And send like I, I think the last game I sent two NAPD contracts into good, my good. and the the ice I had was like a I, it, was, it was like a pup or something <laughs> so it was just Perfect. ridiculous but yeah but but we've also seen this card totally swing the game is like oh, yeah. oh look three toll booths or yeah. something ridiculous but with the foundry what you can do is now correct me if I'm wrong but the first do you draw the cards one at a time no no you draw all three yes then you play you. You have an option of playing them all. Correct. Or playing one piece of ice. Yes. And that procs the Foundry's ability. Yeah, well, it's even more nuanced than that. So oh, okay. Technically, you get all three cards, you look at them. If all three of them are ice, so you can just play all three. Because you have the choice not to activate the Foundry's ability. Right, because right. you're, 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 and you're also in this weird little time bubble. Exactly. For, for, yeah. 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 So when, you, when you're playing the Foundry and you score ABT, you pick up all three cards. If all three of them are ice, sweet. Put them all on the table, you're done. Yeah. If none of call them are, call call your friends. Yes. Tell them that ABT fired successfully. Yes. Yeah. If none of them are ice, then you're very sad, and they all go in the archives. Right. Um, what if one of them is ice? If one or two of them are ice, then basically you put whichever one you want down. You trigger the foundry's ability, which shuffles your R and D. Yep. Even if you already have a, a, the other two copies of that ice, you still go search for it, it's and then not- you can't find it. But what it does is it takes the other two cards from the accelerated beta test that you were going to have to install or trash. Yep. And just shuffles them back into R&D and they're just gone. Right. So talk about like a safety. Yeah. So um, basically your ABTs in Foundry will almost never not fire. Sure. You'll, you'll probably not get the crazy turn where it's like... Two Heimdalls. And and two Heimdalls. <laughs> yeah. But you will also almost never send four points worth of agendas into the bin. So... <laughs> it's probably worth it. Yeah, and also I think I think a card that works in I think every every deck from now on is that's a recent addition is uh, and we mentioned this before on previous podcasts, but is architect. Yes. In 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 foundry in next in anywhere. Yeah. So the so the crazy thing about the architect is it's basically it's good for any of these HB architects. Yeah. Yeah. Just put it in, and I think um, I, I think architect. Uh, I think newer newer players see the card and they might get a little bit confused or they might be yeah. kind of like, well, where's the strength in it? And I think the easiest way to describe Architect is it basically gives you some, a crazy turn on the runner's turn. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's 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 just when I think Architect fired once and during during a tournament or something and I ended up screening. Well, obviously, I did the install. I, I did a cheap install for a Vitruvius in my server, mm. and I actually saw that my next three ice was going to be pr- no sorry I, I, I sorry I installed the ABT in my yep. server. I knew what the next three ice four cards were obviously because oh, architect right, right. So you actually know that you're you actually precogged, right. and you can see what your deck was set up. Yeah, and you can fire ABT happily while you you right right right, right and right. and then then you can also do another another. Uh, install right off one piece of ice yeah it's crazy it's an unreal card and it's uh and and so again we have this this crazy crazy power out of hb with a card like uh architect um the the two last big hb archetypes i want to talk about were um a slight again a slight variant on glacier that has kind of been enabled a little bit more recently where there are a couple um assets that came out late in the lunar cycle 
that are very, very, very strong for the corporation if the corporation can invest enough time into them. Okay. Specifically being Docklands Crackdown. Oh my God. And the IT department. Yes. So both of those are like relatively high trash cost assets. Sure. Uh, IT department is definitely four. Docklands is either three or four. Right. Um, so they both have a, I don't remember their exact res cost. I think it's also like two or three credits. Right. Yeah. Um, but that's what, kind of a side point. Like what makes, what makes these, uh, assets so strong? Yeah. So what they do, however, is Docklands Crackdown, uh, the corporation spends two clicks and yep. they put a power counter on Docklands Crackdown. Um, for every power counter on Docklands Crackdown, the first card of any type that the runner installs on their turn costs however many counters more credits to install. Yeah. So once Docklands gets, say, three or four counters on it, all of a sudden Corroder costs six to install. Yeah. And it is really, really easy to get seriously behind. Yeah. To the point where, like... The first program you install every turn is going to cost seven credits. So that means that to get into a server, you need to pay all that money to install a program and then still have enough money to break the ice to get even to, to even get Docklands off the board, yep. let alone get into a different server to steal the agenda the corporation is trying to score. Yeah. Um, IT department is kind of similar where you charge it up using... Clicks. Again, you invest clicks in it, yep. and you get power counters, and then you can remove those power counters to uh, add strength to ice. Which is pretty huge. Yeah, which uh, also... And, and only in that server, is that correct? Anywhere Anywhere on the board. On the board. Okay, cool. Yep. That is why it's crazy. So I guess that, of, that makes sense, because it's an asset, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Still, it can only protect itself. Hey! <laughs> um, so, in both cases... It's you. You have to be able to protect that asset, right? Which means it probably fits better in something like Next Design or Foundry or even ETF, where you have cheap and the run ice that gets better stuff, like the Next Suite. Yep. Maybe even Grail Ice. Yeah. Or just like simple Wall of Static or whatever. But then um, once those things get going, they can start to snowball really, really fiercely. Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty, I, I really, really, even though Docklands is kind of one of those no fun cards. Right. It's like, oh, okay, I guess I'll just watch the clock until you destroy me because I'm not going to yeah. pay anything. But I, th I think I really do want to try it with Next. Um, yeah. that Because that, Next can actually, I believe Next is the only ID that can make an unbreakable server. Uh like first turn or, or something like that because like you, you you put down the three and you can have stuff like like a mother goddess or a guard or something like that right. you basically make you can you can score something or protect something right. definitely with basically next basically on turn one on turn one yeah. so not, if it's something like be hugely behind economically yeah. still. and I I typically went or try to do uh, like, like like a an agenda score, a quick ABT or right. something to accelerate my game but you could also protect something crazy awesome like an IT department or like Docklands. Get get Docklands firing yeah. right right away. Yeah, so I think both of those cases are pretty interesting where it's not quite Glacier because you're not trying to build up a huge single remote you're trying to score out of. Rather, you have this one really valuable remote that enables you to score out of like single ice other remotes yep. that are still very strong. Yeah. Um, it, it definitely creates an interesting dynamic. It definitely... Can't get it a little bit into the no fun zone sometimes. Sure, it, it, like RP Docklands, I, I don't think I'd have a lot of fun right. playing against that <laughs> with like enhancement protocol or something. I'd right. be like, oh boy, I can't wait to play you again. I'll just put three credits on Katie Jones and take three more credits. It's your turn again. <laughs> yeah. Um, and finally, there's one HBID 
which enables a whole other type of weirdness that I don't know if we need to get super no, deep into. No, but I, I, I will say it's my least favorite to play against and probably play. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I'm not a big fan of this, and I believe we're talking about cerebral, cerebral imaging. Cerebral imaging. So if, was, if, if, if no one knows... It was an ID that was in creation and control. Yeah, and its weirdness is your hand size is equal to your credit pool. Yep. Which is... Which can get stupid. Yeah. Uh, like, let's be honest, it can get... You can hold... Your your entire kill combo, your entire yep. score combo, it's very 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 strange. Yeah, so CI is definitely this is combolicious. Yep, it, that is that is what it is absolutely about. <laughs> yeah, so it's either about um, getting enough. I mean, there are some other variants, but like the big ones are either about getting using stuff like blue level clearance and green level clearance and just big econ assets like hedge fund and restructure and all that stuff to get. All the credits in your get all the credits and cards in your HQ that you need to basically score or flatline the runner in one maybe two turns, like one like, or one super turn. Exactly, you yeah. have so much money, you triple biotic labor and you do something stupid and crazy. Right? Yeah, you you triple biotic labor. I mean, that, like people can go look up on the internet exactly. There's so many the, things what to the do. details of the combo is, but it's often some variation of using biotic labor. Um, to score like an efficiency committee and then using the tokens off that efficiency committee plus shipment from Sand Sand yep. to score some more stuff. Yeah, and I, and I think what's inter- what I find kind of interesting about that deck, even though I hate it, is <laughs> is that it's you can if you can kind of buck the plan a little bit, it can screw them up. It gets totally like let's say Donut is installed. Right. Whoa, that deck. What the hell just happened? Yep. I need to pay what? What now? Yeah. And I. So I actually picture cerebral imaging decks as you know in the cartoons when they're winding up a punch and they're right. they're creating like this hurricane with their arm. Right. <laughs> That's basically the entire play, and they want to do this one hit yep. that will just <laughs> knock you out. Yeah. But they have one shot. Exactly. And uh, I I kind of noticed because I felt so weak and helpless against the CI until I realized like. Oh, he he needs a he needs a very specific window or yes. to be able to do this giant move. Yeah, and stuff like like maybe a lamprey or stuff like like Man. things that can just screw with their econ or screw with their 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 uh, the installs. Th- like if you're imping stuff, if you're trashing, yeah, special things you can actually poke enough holes in their plan that it just falls apart like a house of cards. Yep, but yeah. It, so it's, if if it gets going, it can definitely be the kind of surprise where someone just like barfs out 15 cards and like 34 credits and they're like ah the game's over and you're like okay <laughs> yeah, yeah you just kind of shake hands and yeah, yeah. You, even when, when you go through the, the, the big thing because the guy basically just played three turns at once yes. or something <laughs> stupid like that yeah yeah. it can be interesting it can definitely be challenging to play against in a way that a lot of other decks are not which is yeah. which is cool but it's also it can be a bit it can feel a bit solitaire at times sure yeah because you're waiting because you're, you're waiting for your your opening yeah to take your big shot and that's not the kind of style of game i like i like i get it i i i know people they i i, I beat my local tourney with this ci deck yeah. and like that's cool but i bet no one played against you had a good time <laughs> <laughs> that's okay yeah they can be they can be fun um I, it would be interesting to see something that's like that leverages the ci ability really well but doesn't try to do it all just in like At once. a crazy one turn yeah I, w- I would like to see something like that yeah. i think that'd be interesting to see like well what what else are you doing with this yeah yeah um that's a lot of hb talk yeah but if we move from the from from the continent across the atlantic <laughs> that's right back into the, the to the glitz and fast food surveillance yeah, t- states <laughs> turn on the tv turn and any TV. Yeah, any 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 commercial um 
to NBN. Yeah, we got NBN. So similarly, what does what does NBN say to you? Like, what are what are its big strengths? For well, for me, I kind of I always lean on ice because I think that's very corporate. But I think the biggest thing for me is like NBN has wicked subroutine singular like right <laughs> it's ice it's ice is awesome and crazy but it's got one sub right uh stuff like snoop it can dive into a player's hand and snipe out cards stuff like toll booth is just as and the run but crazy other effects yep on this ice flare you blow up their toaster and it like hurts them <laughs> um but it's only again it's only got the one subroutine which can be a big problem for yeah. cards like femme we all know femme the toll booth femme the toll booth that's yes. that's old school stuff but i think uh nbn has like very sp- like focused subroutines, mm. the damaging subroutines, uh, yep. a lot of, and I, and, and I think they're like, of course this game's all the flavors amazing, but NBN has like great flavor, great, like corporate, uh, kid advertising. Like I, yes. I, I just, I just, I, just, I, I, I totally, totally they're dig very on friendly. Yeah. 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 They're very, they're very friendly. They, they I think they're the most like, like outward, corporation they're like we're we're out there in the world we're we're we're, we're helping that right. kind of thing right yeah and obviously they also have very strong fast advanced tools yeah they're um, they're the ones that like they've already won and you're like but i'm still getting my rig together and yeah. it's like sorry <laughs> runner yeah. we already beat you yeah and, and th- another thing they're really great at is finding out where the runner is yes with tags yep they, they can t- tag and trace like crazy and yep. unlike a lot of the other factions where Obviously, aside from the one big exception of Scorched Earth, yep. most of the other factions can't do a ton if you're tagged. Right. These um, guys, man. tons NBN can do. The game is their oyster when yeah. you are tagged. Yep. We have stuff like, like, what can they do? They can close your accounts. Yep. They can blow up two resources for the cost of one card, like, like one click and zero money. Yeah. Well, that's neutral. Well, I guess that's neutral, yeah. but still, but like, probably no one will be including Freelancer if you're not playing tagging NBN. <laughs> yeah, 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 sure, yeah. <laughs> Um, so obviously one of the, probably the most prominent archetype for NBN is just pure fast advance. Right. Cause NBN has probably still the strongest three, two agenda yes, ever, yeah, so which is Astro script pilot program. Yeah. And, um, I, th- I, th- I think when you first got the core and people were just stumbling through everything and paying prices wrong and drawing right. a card for free as a yeah. runner, <laughs> um, that card was kind of like, oh, I, I, I guess it makes sense. Yeah, but like, that, okay, then sure, it seems yeah, all right. A f- few games under the belt, you're like, holy crap. Yep. <laughs> like, oh, never mind. This is oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Um, and much like HB, they also have another three two agenda. Project Beal. Project Beal. Which is, pr- which is, I think the only agenda that can be over advanced and become bigger. Become worth more We're, points. Sorry, bigger yes. than worth more points, yes. Yeah. So effectively, Beal is a three for two. It's also a five for three. Yep. And then it's also a seven for four. Yep. Continue, continue, continue. Yeah, and when, when we when I think NBN also has a lot of X cards because of like stuff like psychographics. Right. Which is pay X where X is how many tags a runner has and put that many advancement counters on something that can be advanced. Right. Uh, so we can score a crazy Project Beal one shot and win the game yep. if you have a dumb amount of tags yeah. on there. And so what's what's the super, super tag card out of NBN that has been splashed all over the place? Okay. But, but before we get to that, before we get oh, to okay. that, um, the, the pure fast advance oh, right, right, right. Yeah, version yeah. of NBN may or may not use a lot of tags, right. but their primary goal is just to, to basically to blitz through, score out of hand, and win 
before well before the runner can get set up. Yeah. Right. So they use between the, the combo of Astro Script and Project Beale, like they have a ton of targets for fast advanced scoring. Right. Either through the Santan City grid. Santan that we talked about with uh, HP. HP. Yep. HP and NBN are quite friendly together. Yes, absolutely. As far as like fast advance synergy goes, yep. because often HP fast advance will import Santan City grid and NBN fast advance will import biotic labor. Right. So the idea is you basically get one, it's called the Astro Train. Yep. If, if again, folks aren't totally familiar with the parlance. Yep. Basically, you score one Astro Script pilot program, and then basically, as soon as the next one shows up out of R&D and you have two credits, you can just score that one. Yeah. And then the next one shows up, and you score that one. And then a breaking news shows up, and you score that out of hand, and, and you're, you're done. done. <laughs> <laughs> you, you won the game. That is basically the idea. Yeah. So, um, so that, that, again, is another kind of solitary deck yes like like, like you're, you're kind of only relying on you and your card and your tricks and just hopefully you're ignoring the runner it, it, to some degree or stop like yeah harassing him a little bit but you're more focused on that you're not focused on blocking the runner specifically you're right. just focused on scoring and winning the game yeah um and then the there are a few other things that kind of enable that where things like shipment from sansan yep which is a zero cost double operation that just lets you put two advancement counters on a card means that if they have a scored astro astro script they can score another one with no money shipping from zansan zero credits they can still score another one so yeah like okay well I did. they're they're up four points but if i just keep them broke they'll be fine they're just like install shipping from zansan token i got six points in a scored astro script your turn you're yeah. just like yeah! <laughs> it's, it's 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 the worst yeah um oftentimes especially now the ID that is paired with that the most is the near Earth hub. Yeah, which which is a uh, it it really really accelerates because whenever you create a new server, you, you get to draw a card. Get to draw a card. Yeah, and often um, the like the the fast the NBN fast advanced deck is most often just bound by card draw. Right. And getting that first score set up. Yeah. So if they don't have if they haven't pulled a biotic labor if they don't have a Santan City grid or you keep trashing them or whatever. Then they kind of they have to find some way to score that first one. Once that first one is going, then it's really easy for things to snowball as far as their scoring is concerned. But they have to get that first one going. So NEH lets them draw faster. Yep. They can barf out just like a million pad campaigns and marked accounts yep. and stuff like that. That lets the just lets them make money and tax the runner if the runner wants to blow up those assets while they're basically trying to get either Sansan and a AstroScript or Biotic Labor and an AstroScript or whatever. And New Earth Hub even has a little bit more influence. Exactly. It's 17 instead of 15, so then you can have three Biotic Labors and still five other points of stuff. Yeah, which is pretty huge. Yep. Um, and that is kind of, like, the, that. that is really the heart of it. It's just... Get your agendas, score them as soon as they possibly, as soon as you can, as soon as they show up in HQ, and just tax the runner, yep. uh, and just kind of keep them, just keep, like, keep them behind the, just keep them behind as much as possible. Yeah, and you run pretty ice light. There's not yeah. a lot of, there's not a lot of big ice plays in these, no, these decks. It's, it's cheap in the run Paper ice. walls, you're wanting, like... Quandries. Quandries, yeah. You Architect. Want... Architect is incredibly uh, in NEH. Uh, Architect fires once, and you're pretty much, you're like, oh, son of a... <laughs> yep. <laughs> Wish you had a mimic out or something. <laughs> uh, but a, so a slight variant on that is, and this is what you were mentioning earlier, is is going, having that, 
that that fast advance plan is an option, but also building in some flexibility with dumping a ton of tags on the runner. Yep. Using mid-season replacements. Yeah, which is like a crazy, crazy card. Uh, I, I, I still never really played it properly because I tried it in Wayland, and I, <laughs> I, I just, I'm like, wow, I only get one window here because I'm not running little cheap, like I can't, I guess they could get off a hostile takeover or something. But when the runner scores an agenda and you're hoping it's something crappy like a breaking news yep. or like a TGBT yep. or something. An you NAPD can, contract. NAPD contract. Oh my God. It's like probably the worst yep. <laughs> score. But then you, you hammer them with all your money or yep. a bunch of your money and fi- and five credits. So if someone's a bit newer and isn't familiar, what is mid-season replacement? Mid-season replacement is the worst card in, printed by NBN. <laughs> <laughs> it's, so it's, it is probably the most... Aside, uh, aside from punitive counter strike, it is probably the most comeback card yeah. in the game for yeah. sure. So when the runner actually scores an agenda, finally they yep. scrape through and pay that for and get that sweet NAPD contract. The corporation mid-season replacements and it's an operation. It's an operation. You spend five, I believe. Six. Six? Uh, no, yeah, you spend five. You spend five. And it's a trace six. It's a trace six. Yep. That you can pump, of course, and. The amount that you beat with the trace, which there isn't a lot of cards that are like this. Yes. The more you pay the trace, the more powerful the it is. It the more whatever you beat him by, which is usually pretty huge, because they just scored an NAPD contract yeah. and they're, oh. they're they're sad. Yep. Um, or they're that, broke because they've been trashing your bloody Santan City grids the whole time. Exactly. You give them a tag for every like for okay. however much you beat them. Yep. And we've played games where there's 13 tags. Ridiculous tags. And yep. Some crazy dumb amount of tags. Yeah. And with that many tags on someone, we can utilize another card by out of MBN called Psychographics. Yes. Which we can, we're talking, we can inst- we can do something, install an agenda, and just score a 5-3. Yep. Or score whatever the hell you yeah, want. Because Psychographics lets you pay however many credits you want up to the, the number of tags the runner has to put that many advancement counters on a card. So... Yep. As we were talking about earlier with Project Beal, you can just immediately crank it all the way up to 13. And win. Get seven points and just win. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm actually wondering, so when you get hit with 13 tags, typically runners... You just give up. You just you just stop yeah, trying just, to... Like, they know where I am. tag forever now. I, I, I guess you want to tag them, or, or maybe it's actually beneficial to at least knock them down to 11 or 12. So they actually can't 13 psychographics. Yes, if, 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 if the... If the corporation has nothing scored so far, but is sitting on a ton of money, yeah, then putting like one or two or three credits into that trace just so they aren't in the instant win. Yep. Psychographics. I mean, granted, it's like, <laughs> okay, I'll psychographics this for six points. Next turn, I'll score breaking news. Now I have some. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but sure. it doesn't get you that much. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and, and also with tags, which, which was an archetype that I like and never really caught on, but it's with the... I, I've over-tagged you. You are definitely tagged for the whole game. Now it's just something else. It is a PSF lock, which is a yes. private security force lock. Yes, so private security force is a card that's in the core, core set. set. Yeah. Um, and what it lets you do is if the runner is tagged, it's a four for two. Yep. And if the runner is tagged, you just spend a click and the runner takes a point of meat damage. Yep. Which, which you can't keep up with <laughs> No. as a runner. Like if you have like 11 tags... Because you have to keep getting money to clear those tags, but you also have to keep drawing cards because you're taking meat damage. He's beating you up, yeah. So even even Plascrete Carapace is only going to save you for a couple of couple turns. A couple turns, yeah. Um, and the, if you are going kind of more of a tag storm route, the interesting thing you can do is only include one copy of PSF. Right. 
but you also include Fast Track. Yeah, so you, so you can go get that exactly. DSF. So Fast Track is an operation that was in honor and profit, and it is a zero-cost neutral operation that just says, select an agenda from R&D, reveal it, and add it to HQ. Yeah, but this, then, this is like, it's super helpful for, for Fast Advance, but yeah. here we can also use it for something. Exactly, because yeah. what that means is that if you have psychographics, as, and the runner has a bunch of tags, you can just use... Fast track to grab an agenda, yep. put it down, and psychographics <laughs> enough, and then just score it. And, yep. if, and if you can be like, okay, I'm going to go grab my one copy PSF, score it for four, uh, your turn. Yeah. And then go, I'm going to do whatever. Like, cool. Three meat damage, your turn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and that, that that's such a such an interesting story. You know, like it's just like they just they 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 found you and they're hounding you yep. and, and you're, you're gonna just, die. Just constantly on the run. Yeah. Like if you're really really lucky, maybe you can pull off some crazy like deep dig maker's eye legwork thing yeah, but yeah. your time is running down yeah for sure put such a super scary timer on the runner and like yep. what a what a cool story that the game turns into at that point yeah it's pretty great um and the other thing that is kind of ina- enabled by that and this doesn't even necessarily have to be like tag storm per se but a, a card that was printed very recently that lets and beyond leverage a tagged runner is shoot the moon. Oh my God. Yeah. So shoot. So what is shoot the moon? It is a three cost operation. Is it a single or a double? I think it's, I think it's a double. I I, I don't know. It it feels like a double to me, but either way, that's not really the big part of the point. The big part of it is you pay three credits and then for every tag the runner has, you may res one piece of ice, ignoring all costs. All costs. All of them. Not just the archer, credits. Archer, so yeah, oh. you're like, I'm going to res a toll booth, a flare, and an archer. Uh, your turn. <laughs> so even doing things where you like install and advance, install and advance twice a breaking news and then just leave it for a turn if you think you can keep it safe. Because on the next turn, you start your turn, you score it, runner has two tags, you say, shoot the moon, uh, archer and toll booth come up. I install something behind that super server now. <laughs> And then I advance it once. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like uh, very, very, very cool. Uh, very, very cool card. I don't know how, and I know when people are playing it and playing it for fun, they're <coughs> they're actually wanting to do the like the super mid seasons res all the ice. I am a, a super villain kind of move, but yeah. I, th- I think I think the card's a lot more flexible. Just, oh, yeah. just in the even way that you said it. Just a couple of tags. Like if you can get a couple, like like even just a toll booth and a. TMI for free. Yeah. Like, even that is a big swing. Very huge, yeah. Um, and then probably, so any of any of the more, like, tagging-centric uh, any NBN archetypes, you're probably going to want to pair with the corset NBN identity we- making news just because it gives you those two recurring credits used for traces. Yep. So basically, all of your mid-seasons are now two little points bit, better. A little bit beefier, yep. All that kind of stuff. Um, uh, and then the other thing that you can kind of do, and I, don't, I haven't seen many people using this yet, but I think it could be pretty interesting, is using, um, kind of building up a more big ice NBN style. Because they, as, as we were talking about earlier, like they have some freaking vicious ice. It's just kind yeah. of expensive. Yep. Um, but being able to ameliorate those costs with stuff like Shoot the Moon makes it pretty potent. Yep. Um, and in making news, and because these cards are still pretty fresh, they haven't seen much use yet, right. but stuff, the uh, all the all the Zodiac Ice yeah. in the last cycle, where all of them are just, ha- they have a relatively low res cost, a pretty high strength, uh, and they only have one subroutine, which is Perform a Trace, 
And then if that, it, the trace starts out base three, mm-hmm. but the, uh, sorry, base two. But then if the trace is increased to five or more, then a bad thing is guaranteed to always happen. Yep. So with Taurus, you trash a piece hardware, of hardware. Which is pretty crazy. Yeah, so basically one piece of hardware goes away if the trace strength is more than five and another goes away if the trace is successful at all. Right. Um, Sagittarius is the same thing, but with program trashing. Yep. Uh, with Gemini, it's Gemini, net, net damage. damage, which is probably not the most interesting thing. But I think I, th- I think I think that's one of the biggest swings for uh, expense on Century to cost. Yes, Gemini is crazy. Yeah, it's five strength to res, and no, sorry, it's five strength and only three to res. Yeah, like th- um, and a Century, which Centuries, as we all know, are expensive to yeah. break. And then uh, NBN has one called Virgo, which yep. is the same thing, but with tagging. Yeah. So with all of those kind of zodiac ice. Basically, the 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 range you need, the amount of credits you have to pay in to get that guaranteed effect is basically one credit. Yep. Which for Sagittarius and Virgo is pretty darn good. Yep. Um, Taurus maybe, and Gemini probably not. Mm-hmm. Um, but Sagittarius at least could be very interesting because it is like it's expensive to break, but no one wants to get their programs trashed. <laughs> you could be resing it for free with Shoot the Moon or whatever. Yep. Um, I think there's definitely an interesting version of. Uh, of, of like it's like a solid making news deck that uses relatively strong ice yep. to just kind of score out behind remotes. Yeah, it's like it's a glacier NBN almost. Yeah, you can use you can even maybe use like iceberg. Like, it's not really big. It's right. <laughs> iceberg, yeah. Ice flow, frozen pond. Yeah, fro- frozen pond NBN. Yeah. <laughs> iceberg. Icebergs are smaller than glaciers often. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, and, and and we also have a, a, a sticking with the flavor. We have a, a current out of. NBN. Oh God! <laughs> oh, the bane of my bloody existence. I, 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 I believe our, our friend Seth Rosen is a pretty big uh, player of Manhunt. He's very fond of Manhunt. He's a big yes, fan of. So yes. what what does Manhunt? Manhunt do? is a is a similar, <laughs> uh, keeping in tone. Um, it is a current. I think it's three to play. It's one of the very expensive currents. But yep. at the end of every successful run, is it? I think it's every successful run. No, it's not every. <laughs> Why one, would they it? print a card? No, they wouldn't print a card like that, would they? I think it's just, yeah, Manhunt is at the end of every successful run. Wow. Um, trace the, two? Trace two. Yep. And then if successful, the runner takes a tag. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of like every, well, I mean, it's not quite Data Raven-y, but it's kind of close. It's almost like there's a Data Raven on every single server. And again, with your making news credits, that's always going to be Trace four. So it sucks. Let's hope, <laughs> you have, let's hope you have those rabbit holes installed. <laughs> yes. Yes. Pray. Pray for Link. Um... Yeah, and so that also fits into that kind of like tag, like heavy tag archetype. Even if it's not necessarily tag storm, just like if you can get a couple credits, if you can get a couple tags to stick until it's back to your turn, and you can either shoot the moon or close accounts. Drive by. Drive by. <laughs> <laughs> when the future comes, it will be pretty crazy. Yep, yep. Um, and then I haven't actually played this much, and I don't know much about it. But I've heard a few people talking about, so maybe if some curious readers could write in or something, uh, a version of The World is Yours, which was the Genesis Cycle NBNID, which is one of the smaller deck sizes. So it's minimum 40 cards, 12 influence, and its ability is you can hold six cards in your HQ instead of five. Yeah. Folks have been talking about using The World is Yours with a full Grail suite of ice. Ooh, cool. Because you could hold... More, more tricks. More more grail ice in your yep. hand along with other good stuff. Um, since you have a smaller deck size, you're more likely to see all that grail ice. Cool. The grail ice is all quite strong. Like, it's all quite nice. Um, maybe you're using it with Midway Station Grid because if you're doing that, 
each of those gray lights is going to have three subroutines on it. Yep. You get two of them plus the midway station grid. That's crazy. Yeah, that's um, that's cool. I like, yeah, that. I, I like I, that. I haven't played it, so I don't know exactly really what the what like the high level strategy is beyond get a bunch of gray lights and leverage it. But it feels like there is something that could cool. be cool and interesting there. Using up, you're using up almost all of your influence on those gray lights, but you're probably okay. Like NBN kind of has enough stuff that there aren't any like big weaknesses. They really need to shore up yep. out of there that they need to pull an out of action really. Yeah. And and, and again, uh, uh, an obvious choice for the tag storm is a kill deck. Yes, of course. And of uh, course, yeah. With it, it almost goes without saying that if the, you're going to dump a bunch of tags on the runner, you can scorch them. You got scorched. You can blow up their, their house. Yes. Um, and there's actually, I was trying to find the player's name and I can't remember, but he, he was, I think he was the UK champion. Okay. The deck that he played at, at the world's tournament back in November was a version of NEH that wasn't, it was obviously still doing fast advanced stuff, but it also had a decent amount of scorch tools. Cool. Um, and I forget exactly what it is, but if you look like, look at the top, top 16 or top eight. Uh, world's decks and then find find the, the version of NEH that has Scorched Earth in it. Yep. <laughs> yep. And it's got some interesting stuff in there for sure. And that's kind of like you can definitely leverage kind of people's assumptions about the meta to an extent because they see NEH like, okay, crap, they're going to be using, you know, they're going to be going crazy hard on all their fast advanced stuff. So yep. I got to I be aggressive, run. be aggressive, yep. be aggressive. And you're like, oh, actually, I got, I got three snares and a Scorch in here. They hit one, they end up tag and then you just go... <laughs> Sorry, yep. buddy. Yep. <laughs> it's a really, really, really cool meta call with the new new Earth uh, kill. Yeah, yeah. I think. Oh, I, I mean, he wrote a bit about why he made that decision. It was because okay, probably everyone's just going to be expecting like pure blitz pressure, stuff. pressure. Yep. And then being able to be like, oh, surprise! You ended up tagged. Like you siphoned me down to like only six credits, but you ended your turn with two tags. Oh, yep. sorry, buddy. And I believe it was Nord Nordrunner who mentions like sometimes those sweet quick wins are godsends in a tournament setting. Yeah, because right? you're like, oh, okay, the pressure. Holy cow! I, yeah, yeah. I, 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 or just our first game took a really long time because my opponent was playing replicating perfection or something. We got 12 minutes left for the second game. I can probably win it. Can you? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, right. Yeah. Yep. Um. Yeah. So I think it it will definitely be interesting to see what happens because NBN is the only faction that hasn't received a big deluxe expansion. Yet. Yeah. We're, we're a little bit curious what uh, they're going to be yeah. giving them. Are they going to give them an NBN only box that, that, that could be an option, I guess. But yeah, that would really be something. Strange. Or will it like pull back in one of the, or just like go, okay, NBN and shaper. We're going back to the top. Yeah. NBN all neutral, like who knows? Right. But so they, even though they haven't had a big box, they are still they're played. Doing they're doing fine. fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I actually, I, I actually remember playing the world is yours, and I think all I put in it was Victor ones and Neural Katanas or something. Good, and good. Uh, <laughs> and it was a, it just, it just the the tool set that's built with pop up windows and stuff. It's just so strong. Like you're always yeah. gonna have a strong game. Often like this stuff. It's like if I just had, you know, if the often the point where it's like mm, I got like two to four extra bits of influence. What do I want to grab? Almost always, it's going to be something out of NBN. It's either going to be Jackson Howard, yeah. or pop up windows, or yeah. whatever. Yeah, I guess we didn't really mention Jackson Howard, but that just is in every deck ever. Basically, it's yeah. such a powerful card, and it's right at NBN, low yep. influence. Yeah, and, and NBN is very splashable stuff, very very fun ice to put in. Yeah. Uh, they, they they also have like the weirdest ice. Like Data Hound is a very weird right. <laughs> I mean, like you you trace into their are into their uh, stack. Sorry, and yeah. 
snipe out specific cards. Yeah. Uh, Snoop, as we mentioned earlier, you put a power token and like snipe a card out of their hand. Yeah. Uh, a great double, uh, invasion of privacy. Ah, yes. It didn't. It it it, it didn't see quite as much play as I was expecting. I know. I I, I actually wished it saw more play. It's it's great. So it's a double. It's a double event. Cost three, I believe. Two or three. Two or three, yeah. and it's a trace three. I want to say. I think so. And basically, uh, however many. Kind of like midseason replacements. Yeah. How the more powerful the trace, the more you're going to get out of this yeah. card. Uh, you whatever you beat them by, you look at that guy's hand. Yep, you look at the runner's entire grip. Yeah, entire grip. And then for every like differential point, you need to blow up one resource or event, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah, so it's like, oh, at the beginning, I'm there goes your sure gambles, there goes your I don't know Armitage or something. Like, Katie, Caddy, Caddy. Yeah, see you later. A yep. lot of a lot of really cool, um, just disruptive power in that. Yeah, they also have like. Uh, as we're talking about like weird, specific, strong single events in their ice, mm-hmm. we used to like troll, which doesn't even have a subroutine, right. but still hits you with traces. Yeah, because you've encountered it when encountered. Tollbooth lose three when encountered the troll. Take this weird trace. There's nothing you on the card. You lose a click. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's yeah. It's strange but cool. Yeah, and um, I gotta say, pop up window is like one of the best pieces of ice. It's pretty hard not it's, to love. It's it's such a good card. And I, I, I love what it does to Nasir. <laughs> I just, oh, it's like it's like the best card. Man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Yeah. So yeah, like pop up window I put in every other deck I make. It's like it 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 really it's a really great swing. Yeah. Um NBN is the most disruptive economy wise. Uh what's it's not close it's a, it's it's the new account one. Oh, reversed accounts. Reversed accounts, yes. which is a crazy trap that can actually you can bait with and then fire it when your trap failed, your trap idea failed. Yeah, exactly. It's not like an ambush type thing. Exactly. But it's like the runners just damned if they do, damned if they don't. Yeah. If they do, they're gonna have to waste money getting to it, probably, and then waste money trashing it. If they don't, use use it Lose to 12. get rid of their money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool stuff. It's kind of a win either way. Yep. Um, well, cool. So that was just a whole bunch about the, the big archetypes inside of HB and NBN. Obviously we didn't cover them all. Nope. And, and, and we know there's more, more play. There's more, there's some more of the common ground of things we see when we're. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So if there's any like really big, interesting stuff that people think we left out, like totally feel free to write in. Yeah. I'd be, um, I'd be excited to know that. Cause, yeah. cause I do like playing both those, uh, factions yeah. and it's, uh, it'd be fun to try something yeah. different and new. Probably the next episode we do will be about ordering chaos. Right. Uh-huh. Huh. We might uh, maybe have a guest. Might have a very special guest. Might have a very special guest. Um, but probably after that, because I imagine like is often the case after the after a big box release, there's usually like a bit of a of a bit of a quiet period. Yeah, because everybody's in their basement building some weird deck. Yes, <laughs> they, they want to go try out. Yeah, and there aren't any, like the um the sand sand cycle is probably not going to start up like three weeks after Order and Chaos comes yep, out. Yep. So during that like that bit of that interim, we'll probably come back and talk about Jinteki and Wayland. Yep. And then also roll over onto the runner side as well. Yeah, which will, which will, which will be fun times. Yeah. Um, so very quickly, we have a bunch of thank yous and some very exciting announcements. Right, great. Uh, so uh, remember a while back, we um, we mentioned that we were having some difficulty getting prizes. And yes. we were wondering like, if folks would be able to help out. People were incredibly, mind-blowingly generous. Yeah. Just absolutely flabbergasted <laughs> in terms of what we got. Um, 
Uh, our buddy Ferris Terran sent us some alt art cards. Uh, yeah. Oh Morgan. man, great, 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 great job on those cards though. Yeah. Holy golly. Uh, so yeah, so our our, uh, our our friend Rob and some other of his friends from Halifax, Halifax right? Uh, represent Atlantic Canada. <laughs> yep. Um, they built they uh, actually made some 100 100% unique alt art cards. Not like alt art. Oh, these were in like a tournament kit. As in, these are just made freaking out of nowhere alt art cards yeah. that are that are I don't even know what the process is no, like. No, it looks like All there's I a lot of work into it. He mentioned that it involves some very caustic chemicals. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they're actually like somehow like, like lacquered like, like or like to an existing printed card. onto existing Netrunner cards. So they yep. just look like an alt art, but it looks like the most amazing it's, alt art that's ever been printed. They're they're beautiful. They are gorgeous. They're gorgeous. So um, holy crap, thank you yes, so much. So thank you so much. Um, also, a, a very kind listener from Minneapolis sent us uh, a bunch of great stuff, so some tokens that we're going to give out as prizes. Yep. Uh, also, some weird but delicious candies <laughs> was it is it good good nutty no uh, no no um, nut goody nut goody yeah n- nut goody because yeah. it sounds like not good right yeah nut, nut goody yeah so oh, were, yeah they're 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 great thanks for the candy super good yeah um and then of course uh most folks who listen to this cast are probably familiar but in case they're not um the guys at team covenant oh man they they not only do they have a, a cool store in tulsa yeah tulsa that's right yeah um they do a ton of coverage on YouTube, but they also make a bunch of custom tokens. And if, so if you've been to a tournament and you see some sexy some, some tokens. fancy tokens. They're probably from Team They're Covenant. probably from these guys. Yeah. And I got to tell you, these guys, like, they love what they do. Yes. Like, you're, a new a new token release comes with this 11-minute video where they just talk about the craft and right. the enjoyment of the game. And you can actually, like, feel feel the love from these guys oh, yeah, about like, Netrunner. I don't... Is there? Could you really spend like eleven minutes talking about some tokens? And you watch it, you're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah totally, you totally good, yeah. And um, they they have, they have great, lovely articles. Their 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 setups amazing. Yeah. So I know everyone is probably familiar with them, but definitely check them. Yeah, out. because they sent us uh, some of. The, they recently did. The, initially, they did a set of um, all the like component replacement tokens in the game. Yeah, so, so like tags. counters and virus yeah, tags yeah. and stuff like that. But they recently just made some click tracking counters. And I, these things are... And they sent us a set to check out. <laughs> they are very lovely. They look so good. Yeah, yeah and, and so me and Nels actually have the uh, FFG release. Yes. Uh, there were tournament prizes from quite a while ago. Quite a while ago, like, like right like early, early yeah. on. Which are also super nice. Yeah, they're great. Um, I gotta say, though, these... They obviously <laughs> had to be produced in mass as, yep. as free tournament prizes. Um... So they're they're certainly cool, yep. but the, these new ones from Team Covenant are very 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 nice. Yeah, and and they come in every color, like under the sun. Oh yeah, and then they got there's some black ones. Like honestly, like if since there's no reason to overspend a Netrunner, yeah, you can support really really great content creators like these guys by just making yeah. your game yeah, look you're, pretty. You're not buying like a two hundred seventy five dollar like ultra rare foil <laughs> fart no. card, yeah. right? Like you're just like oh well. I spent my 12 bucks this month on a data pack. I got like an extra 15, 20 bucks hanging around. Oh, maybe I'll get some, maybe I'll get some cool tokens. Yeah. And, and, and again, like their, 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 their blog posts are great. They're yeah. The love of their game shows and the craftsmanship that they put in all these. Works. Yeah. So, so thank, thank you so much. Yes. Guys. That is hugely appreciated. Definitely go and check out their stuff. It is all really, really nice. Yep. Um, and finally, uh, finally, the last bit of pre-announcement news. Um, uh, I don't know. Nailed uh, it. Our buddies, Chris and Edie, who uh, host the Run Last Click podcast. That's, that's right. The best Netrunner podcast made where they drive on the left. 
Uh, see what I did there? Uh, that's a good save. Um, we were on their most recent episode, which came out probably like a week or so ago. I think so. I don't know. Um, you got me. Maybe like two weeks. Oh, that's right, because we recorded it just after New Year. Oh, so, right yeah, after like New Year, yeah. Two years. Uh, two years. <laughs> two, two weeks. Years. Two weeks ago, that's we right. talked about the last year of Netrunner. Just kind of like where things had gone from January 2013. Oh, sorry, from January 2014 to now. And just like all the stuff that changed and how everything had come into like all the differences. Um, it was really fun just like thinking back on all the things that have changed. So yeah. If folks are interested, they should, and it's, it's an, it's a phenomenal cast in general. Uh, Chris and Edie are awesome. Yep. Um, definitely check that. Like the, our episode plus all the rest of theirs are just on uh runlastclick.co.uk. Yep. I think I was laughing a lot during that yeah. episode. Yeah. It, it was a really good time. <laughs> yeah. It was a lot of fun. Um, so finally, actually, finally a pair of very exciting announcements. Right. Yeah. Um, we have finally managed to to twist, finagle, <laughs> manipulate, um, and f- finding a tournament venue that will let us run a Netrunner tournament and also sell us beer at the same time. Yeah, I, I, is, I know we're asking for the moon here, people. Right. But. <laughs> Please, can we fill your bar with like 25 people for six hours and we'll just buy hooch the entire time? <laughs> Surprisingly, for, for a lot tough. of businesses in Vancouver, that is that is quite an ask. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we, we were able to find uh, a few different places that are willing to help. Um, so we're probably just going to end up trying out like a bunch of different venues. Yeah. Find the ones that seem really nice. Uh, the first place we are going to be going is self-servingly kind of close to my house. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also very accessible. It's downtown. Yeah, yeah. We tried to keep it nice and centralized. Um, Subi's, yep. which is a restaurant and pub, which is on Homer Street and Nelson, I believe. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, it is in it's in downtown Vancouver. It's very close to both the city center and Granville Street. Like like Sky the Train. library, if you know where the weird yeah. cool Battlestar Galactica library yes, is. Yes, it's like it's like two blocks away from there. Yeah. Um so on Saturday, Mar- uh, Saturday, February twenty first, uh, we are gonna be running a tournament there. Yeah. Um we're registration starts at ten thirty, the actual playing begins at eleven. Um we'll wrap up by about five because I told them we'd be out of there before their actual dinner tables need to be used. Yeah, so don't bring like RP decks or something really <laughs> slow. <laughs> but yeah, they're they're totally happy to host us. They kinda of have like a little side area we can use and they'll just serve us beer the whole time. Great. Or coffee if that's your flavor or whatever. Um obviously they have pretty good food too for yeah. when we take a little lunch break um but yeah that will be i'll put up a post on the um the netrunner uh vancouver community site i'll link like a facebook event there um just due to the fact that they only have a finite number of tables we'll probably have to cap registration at some point sure probably like 25 or 30 people that's, that's um, still that's still a really fun turnout that's yeah that'll yeah. be great and it, basically folks who rsvp for the facebook event will get kind of first kick at the can yeah great um so yeah that is on saturday February 21st. Uh, as mentioned, we're going to be using some of those prizes we got yeah. folks donated. Super earlier. generous. And they are going to be very, very nice. Yeah. Um, and then after that, the, an event we thought wouldn't happen, uh, but due to scheduling changes. Kind of did. Yes. And us paying more attention to calendars um, is actually going to happen after all. There is a tabletop gaming convention uh, here in town. This is the second incarnation of it. It is called the Terminal City, Terminal City Tabletop Convention. Right. Um, we hosted a pair of Netrunner events there last year. It was, what, in, like, August, maybe? That, that sounds about right. I think it was in August. Yeah, we, we, we did a tournament and a draft the next yeah. day. It was it was awesome. Yeah, was a lot super, of fun. Super, super fun. Uh, and the second incarnation of this is happening the in March. Yeah. Uh, March 14th and 15th. 
Um, we are going to be running just a normal standard Netrunner tournament on March 14th. Uh, we haven't figured out the exact time yet, but it'll probably be the same kind of thing where we start like 10 or 11 o'clock in the morning. Um, the, uh, the event itself has like, you do need a ticket to get into the event. Uh, but if you do that, you can just play other games on the next day as well. Yeah. Um, it's a really cool event. I believe, uh, it's a slightly different venue from last time as in like, I think it's across the street. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> in a slightly bigger space. It's still basically out in Metro town in Burnaby, British Columbia. Basically it's like at the Bonzor recreation center or something. Okay. Um, but people can just go to just, uh, I think it's terminal city, tabletop.com just look for terminal city tabletop and then you will find the event um again we will set up a thing and link to it and do all of that um but that that'll also be super fun as well yeah that'll be great it was a ton of fun last year yeah um so i think it'll be really rad and if folks are like out of town or whatever they can obviously come down and make more of an event of it because there's other stuff going on at night and the next day all kind of stuff like that so that's on saturday march 14th and we are running our own tournament at Subi's Pub and Restaurant on Saturday, February 21st. Yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be a good it's time. It's going to be awesome. Yep. Um, and I am, I am very, very, very excited. Yeah. Uh, okay, so if I realize this has been a little bit longer of a cast, <laughs> I think it's been a good one. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. We, if you have any questions, thoughts, feedback, stuff we neglected, questions about the stuff we talked about, whatever, you can email us at Terminal7 at idlethumbs.net or follow us on Twitter at Term7. Um... If, if you haven't, uh, certainly you can leave us a review or a rating on iTunes. Um, I do not say that out of narcissism, <laughs> but simply because that, like, iTunes factors that stuff into discoverability and how easy it is for other people to find the cast. Yeah. So... You, you'd be doing other Netrunners a favor. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and, of course, thank you very much to Mr. Gordon McLattery. Yeah, who's who's we're, we're in his great studio. Yeah. Super awesome. A shell in the pit audio. Yeah. He is letting us abuse his home once again. Uh, but we shared some of those nut goodies with him. That's right. So we're totally even. We're, we're totally in the clear. Total, totally in the clear. Um, and as we always close it out. Yep. Thank you very much to Mr. Ed Harrison for letting us use his track Tin Soldiers with the Neo Tokyo OST as our intro and outro music. Yeah. If you want to check that out, and you absolutely should. Definitely. It's edharrison.bandcamp.com. Man! Oh, that's funny. Wow! <laughs> I can't even imagine. Pissing up a bit. <laughs> Kicking in, in your face. Cat's like, I got this. I got this. Oh my god. <laughs> that's that's a level of spite that, that is like <laughs> usually not manifest, even in the most asshole of cats. Yeah, like I don't think they do that in the wild.